0: in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and riding in a Honda Civic. (laughs) Well, there's really no parallel for how strange this is. The Lord of glory, David's son, yet David's Lord, enters Jerusalem humble and riding on a donkey. In fact, what Matthew tells us makes it stranger still. There is a mother donkey and her son, if you will, a colt who has never been ridden. Jesus chooses to ride the colt, who probably tolerates this only because his mother is walking with him. And because the two animals are walking together and draped with cloaks, Matthew simply says Jesus rode on them. Two donkeys were going, and Jesus was on the lesser. The whole scene is dripping with irony too. Not only because God is riding on a little donkey, but also because of the crowd. The people are spreading their cloaks on the animals and streets. They're cutting down palm trees and putting them on the streets as well. It's a makeshift red carpet. And there's a parade too. Those going before him and after him were quoting scripture, shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. The whole scene drips with irony because the people think Jesus is the Messiah and they treat him as if he were the Messiah But, of course, he's not at all the kind of Messiah they think he is or want him to be. We know how this ends. By Friday, Jesus will be cast out of Jerusalem and nailed to a cross. So don't be fooled by all the festivities, the cloaks and palm branches, the recitation of scripture and shouts of joy the people don't get it. And this is an incredible parallel to our own times. Look at all the festivities, the Thanksgiving Day feasts, the Christmas decorations that have been up since Halloween. (laughs) Christmas shopping, Christmas trees, Christmas parties, Christmas presents. But the people don't get it, do they? As it was with the people waving palm branches, so it is with the people decking the halls. It's all form and no substance. They do not recognize Jesus for who he is, for what he comes to do. So there's a stark warning in all of this lest we too be all form and no substance, decorating and singing and making merry while having no place in our hearts for Jesus, having all the pomp while understanding none of the circumstance. What do I mean? I mean that every Sunday, every Sunday, we say the very same words that those people who were waving the palm branches said. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We sing this as part of our communion liturgy because we're confessing that Jesus is truly coming to us not humble and riding a donkey to be crucified, but humble nonetheless, hidden in bread and wine, as the one who was crucified for us, who now gives us his own body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. But just because you sing the liturgy doesn't mean you get it you might be all form and no substance, all Christmas decoration and no Christ, all Hosanna and no cross, all festivity but no faith, no real place for Jesus in you. Now, the remedy for this isn't to be found in yourself, but rather in Jesus Himself, and in his word in the one who comes to you even this very day humble that is God in human flesh comes to you in humility and gentleness in the first place so that you might hear his absolution he forgives you all that you lack He has shed his own blood for all that you have done. And he has also shed his blood for all that you have left undone. He forgives you. And in the second place, he calls you to more. To know more fully who he is. And thus also to know more fully who you are. Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and riding on a donkey. And this is the strangest and most wonderful revelation of all. When God is on that little donkey, this isn't below him, nor is it alien or contrary to his nature. When God is on the donkey, substance and form match perfectly, which is to say, we come to see that the Lord of glory is himself humble. We come to see that God is humble. C.S. Lewis has a great quote about humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. That happens to be a perfect description of Jesus who thinks not of himself, but of his Father. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, he says, but the will of him who sent me. And because we have been baptized into Christ and have become one with Christ, the humility that we are given in Christ is not to think less of ourselves. After all, in Christ we are the children of God. In Christ we are conquerors of sin by the blood of the lamb, conquerors of death by his resurrection, conquerors of the devil whom Jesus will crush under our feet as well. No, we're not given to think less of ourselves, but rather to think of ourselves less. So St. Paul writes, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form he humbled himself so you can see, St. Paul not only teaches us who Jesus is, he also teaches us who we are in Jesus. Have this mind in yourselves, he writes. Jesus' humble birth and Jesus' humble death are not only for our salvation, they are also a pattern for our lives, a pattern for our very being. Jesus is not only the life, he is not only the truth, rather, he is also the way. And his way is the way of humble obedience to the Father. So Jesus' incarnation, Jesus' self-sacrifice on the cross, become the pattern of our lives, lived each and every day. Just as he, in perfect humility, laid down his life for us, his friends, we know then what it means to become living sacrifices for others. Now we may not be able to control what happens around us, not in the world any more than in our own living rooms, especially when the Christmas punch is flowing. But despite all that's going on around us, we can have in ourselves the humility of Christ, quiet and peaceful hearts that not only have room for his forgiveness, full and free, but also for his humility. The chaos of the commercial Christmas season already swirls around us Let us then receive the one who comes to us in humility, forgiving us our sins and so teaching us to forgive, quieting our hearts and granting us peace that we might grant these to others. In this way, he prepares our hearts for new things. No longer set on ourselves, on our own expectations, on our own desires for how things should go, our hearts are now set on Jesus, the embodiment of God's will, the one who is everything we are and want to be. Behold, your king is coming to you, humble, and we see him humble, as an infant born and laid in a manger on Christmas morn. We see him humble, receiving sinners and eating with them, even as he continues to do. We see him humble on a donkey, riding into Jerusalem to be rejected by those he came to save. We see him humble, bowing his head in death on the cross. We see him humble, veiled in word and sacrament. And we come to understand that humility isn't alien to God. It's who he is. And as his children, it's what we aspire to be. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please rise for the offertory.